0: Hello and welcome to the Scriptures are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things that have made the scriptures become more real to us because we think that helps us apply them to our lives better and we need all the help we can get. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and I'm excited for today's episode. I think it's going to be so much fun. I'm uh, introducing and and having with uh, us uh, two of my uh, longest friends, uh, Wayne and Nancy Chappell. Uh, I've known Wayne a little longer than Nancy. I think we met in fourth grade, Wayne. Uh, Wayne was uh, the pun master that impressed me even in fourth grade. Uh, he was telling dad jokes even then. And, uh, and we have been uh, just the best friends ever since, roommates in college. And, and uh, then we moved to California at similar times and uh, our kids are similar ages. We've just uh, stayed close ever since Nancy was one of my, I think we used to call them family home evening sisters. I don't think that that's what yeah. they call them anymore, but but that's what they're called then. And she and Wayne uh, started dating, and and they were the first of our, our tight little group to get married, and we forgave Nancy for that. Uh, poor Nancy actually had to put up with us because uh, right after they got married, we moved into a different house, and Wayne and Nancy moved into the, the basement of that apartment. She had to put up with uh, us as uh, trying to draw Wayne away. But anyway, uh, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, Wayne is, uh, I, I, I could say all sorts of things about Wayne, but I guess just uh, professionally he works for uh, he's a, a VP of something or other and something and something for Johnson and Johnson. And uh, Nancy is a substitute seminary teacher, but mostly they're just great guys. Uh, and um, they came one of the years we were in Jerusalem teaching at the Jerusalem Center. They came out uh, to visit us uh, over Christmas break and we spent Christmas together in Jerusalem. And that's why I've invited them on, is to share some of their memories uh, about Jerusalem. So welcome, Wayne and Nancy. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Glad yeah. to be on
1: your podcast. I, it's it's funny, since we've known each other for a long time, you know, since the fourth grade, one of my earliest memories of you, and I think it was, um, it was some foresight of what was to come, but you would actually record stories on tape cassettes. <laughs> you invited true. me over to your house one time, and we played and we recorded these stories, you a broadcasts or whatnot. So it definitely was uh, some foreshadowing of what would happen later in your life. So it's good to kind of see this come kind of full circle here. Uh,
0: I forgot about that. I did like to record, like we'd make up stories or dramas or whatever, and we'd record them. And uh, yeah, I've forgotten that. That's that's funny. Yep. I'll also so say are, that again. when we first got home from our missions. Um, uh we were in a ward in this uh you know apartment complex we're in and, and uh Wayne was the Sunday school president and uh and somehow I got called as the gospel doctrine teacher not sure how that happened uh with Bishop Ted Lyon and uh, his first counselor then was the Bishop the next year this uh, Kevin Worthen fellow and and uh uh, one of my favorite memories is the talent show where this was back in the Saturday Night Live days of Hans and Franz and we were Hans and Franz for Sunday school we were going to pump them up spiritually I remember uh, so that, that, that was maybe a foreshadowing of our getting together for this uh, as well the, the whole uh, uh, Sunday school. Uh, and Hans and Franz thing. But anyway, so tonight we are here. um, uh, (laughs) yeah yeah, I got a
2: good picture of it. Well,
0: interesting
1: connection to bring Nancy into this. Uh, One time, I think you were gone, probably the first Sunday that we were back teaching in school and back from our missions, you were actually gone one Sunday. So I substitute taught for you. Uh, Nancy was in, obviously in the audience because she was in our ward. And that was the first kind of introduction. She saw me. I, I didn't see. It well,
2: or. and I thought to myself, now that's the kind of guy I'd like to marry.
1: <laughs> so uh, here
2: We are.
0: There you go. 30 years later. So that does remind me of a funny one other little funny story I'll tell. Uh, you know, my wife and I met uh, as students at the Jerusalem Center, but she was not interested in me then. She was actually my family home evening mom, we called them. But. I thought her lessons were boring. So my roommate and I, who's also now a religion teacher. We spiced them up and and I don't know how much she appreciated that. And she still has to put up with it. But I gave a talk uh, at our last like night there. They had all these talks and I gave a talk there. And, and she says, she tells the story all the time. She says she remembers thinking, oh, too bad I'm not interested in him. <laughs> so it was the opposite reaction of, of you, Nancy. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's pretty good, but I'm not interested in him. So, so it's the uh, not, not your story. But anyway. Yeah. It's funny how it all eventually
1: worked out for the best
0: for both. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, all right. That's probably good enough reminiscing, but uh, we could go on for a long time and no one else would care. But uh, what I was hoping we could talk about were some of the, the things that you were with your family. Let's see, your whole family was there, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Your yes. daughter and my son were both freshmen at, at BYU and they came. My son, we hadn't seen him for a while. He came out uh, at the same time as you guys and and you had all your kids with us. Uh, so uh, are there some memories that uh, your you or your children or your family have that uh, from Christmas in Jerusalem that uh, kind of made it more real for you? I think one of the our
1: fondest memories is when we spent Christmas Eve, uh, we, we actually during the day had gone into Bethlehem and, and kind of uh, saw the celebrations that were going on there. It's quite quite the parade that they put on and, yeah. and kind of saw and participated in that. So that was neat and, and kind of saw what was the traditionally the birthplace of, of of Christ. Uh but later on that evening, going out into the shepherd's field outside of Bethlehem, and really yeah. reading the Christmas story out there, and Nancy did a phenomenal job of really putting together some scriptures, uh, just reading them almost in succession uh, about um, the events leading up to Christ's birth and, and immediate thereafter, and and that was a really neat experience. And we were really near a, an old sheep's co- is it sheep's coat that you call? Yeah, there's a sheep it?
0: coat there. Yeah,
1: right. yeah, and we were there just in the right time where the shepherds that are currently still out there were, were bringing their sheep into a more modern sheep's coat. And, and I was able to kind of observe this, this process. And the shepherd, that particular shepherd was riding a little donkey and he had a, a line of sheep behind him and on a parallel path where the r- remainder of the sheep and they were kind of falling along. And I, I thought, okay, it'd be interesting. These sheep know where they're going. I think they do. Uh, on this parallel path where the shepherd wasn't. And are they going to race to get to the sheep's coat? And I thought very interesting that the lead, you, I would assume, she stopped and waited for the shepherd to continue on the path, on this parallel path, and kind of joined up with him. And I thought that was really interesting that the the sheep really did listen to the commands. I heard no verbal commands, but I I assume that she was being told kind of what to do. And she stopped and waited for the shepherd and shepherd. And that was kind of a kind of a meaningful symbol of obviously the savior as the shepherd and our, you know, you know, our willingness, hopefully uh, to to listen to the shepherd, even though we think we know where we're supposed to go and really follow him. And and he talks about being the shepherd in John 10 and how important it is for the sheep to hear his voice and listen to him and realize that the shepherd is going to protect him and he's the true door to the sheep's goat right to the to he's the door and the gate he leads them and protects them i thought that was a real kind of interesting uh reality there
0: yeah and and not get ahead of him right but but follow him rather than uh, going on our own ahead or making our own path I, I think that is powerful it's really powerful you know just uh last night someone was asking me So why did the angels come to shepherds? And of course, I mean, we don't have a footnote from God telling us why. uh, But I I have to think it is because both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, so often the Savior compares either himself or the people that he sends to direct us to shepherds and us to the sheep. It's one of the more common metaphors he uses. Probably uh, marriage is probably the only more common one that he uses to describe our relationship with him. And uh, and so I think that that has to be at least part of the reason why the people who got the angelic message were shepherds. And and as you said right there, so it's not what most people would call a traditional shepherd's field. It's uh, you actually go down a valley and then it's so the, Bethlehem's on a hill. You go down the valley and then it's the hills on the other side of the valley. And that's where we were, where you have this great view of, of Jerusalem. And like you said, shepherds still come. And I don't know if that's where uh the shepherds were when the angels came, but if not it was someplace that looked exactly like that because it's that's all there is all around there. So uh and and that's a powerful metaphor. Thank you, Wayne. I, I appreciate it. Well that. I
2: think it's interesting also if we talk about President Oak's um fireside or I guess devotional that he gave to all of the church where he And said, the first presidency
0: Christmas devotional uh-huh, uh, the
2: Christ- yes, just a few weeks ago. And I thought it was fascinating that he said that Christ was able to manifest himself the the appearance or he was shown through three groups of people, the very humble, mm-hmm. the very holy, and the very wise. And I've taken that and just really pondered that this week. Who is very, very humble and who is very holy and who is very wise? And how do we become that? so that we can also see the face Mm -hmm. of God. And as I ponder that, Wayne and I were talking just the other day, and we were thinking, you know, the very humble are those that are repentant, that are Mm -hmm. kneeling, that are, you know, he, he brought up a lot of different types of humility in just being willing to give our will over to the Lord. And I love President Nelson, how he's reminded us that repentance is really a gift know that we can repent and come unto christ daily you know it's not just um how did how did the saying go It this that the church is not or the gospel is okay we're going to need yeah. to edit that how does how does it go i'm
0: not so, sure the, the it's work not work. it's not for the perfect but for uh
2: it's it's sinners. not the backup plan it is the plan oh okay. oh yeah That's yeah <laughs> That, um, that the gospel wasn't a backup plan, that the gospel is the plan, that the repentance is the plan. Yeah. Okay, wait, yeah. I need to say it again. Right. Repentance is not the backup plan. Repentance is the plan. Jesus is the plan.
0: Uh, that's so true. And I think you're right. I mean, we all need to be that humble person and sometimes we'll i hope we're all trying to self-humble but even with that there'll be times where the lord finds a way to really humble us and and hopefully we take advantage of that and uh, and let it draw us closer to him
1: yeah and it's it's being it's i think part of it if we we're to apply it into today's you know life into our lives today it is being willing to accept those invitations when he gives them to us right yeah. And um, obviously, the the shepherds got an invitation to come see the Savior. It was a pretty miraculous one where angels came and, and invited them to come and, and, and see the Savior. Uh, often our, our invitations are a lot more subtle, right? Sometimes they're a calling to be a nursery leader or something. Yeah. We may think, well, how is that helping us come, come to the Savior? And we know by being a teacher or, or being a nursery leader and teaching children the basics of the gospel, you're coming to the Savior with them. In that in that act of serving and fulfilling a calling, that's just one small example. Sometimes it's just following an impression to to go visit somebody. That is an invitation to come to the Savior or walk with Him to minister to someone in need.
0: Good, and hopefully we can be like that. You lamb, where we're following, and we're right there. We're not going to hit, but we're following, and and we've got other people that we're helping to follow the shepherd. So, yeah, uh, it's a great image. And my, if memory serves, we, besides all those great scriptures, we made Nancy sing there, didn't we? Uh, a song Nancy, that she sings on a lot of Christmas. We won't Nancy ask you to sing. Oh,
2: holy night. Yeah, right? I think yeah. you're right. You know, what was so interesting about that. So you had asked me to participate in the Sunday. Well, it was the Shabbat services or the Sabbath services in the yeah. ranch there in Jerusalem. And just to tell the Christmas story or the story of Christ using only scripture and not using any of my own words and so i actually woke up at four o'clock that morning with the call to prayer and i <laughs> yep. uh, was able to look up a bunch of different scriptures from isaiah to um, abinadi and samuel the lamanite and even doctrine and covenant scriptures the testimony of joseph smith to compile all of that and read that in that meeting in that sacrament meeting And then I think it was the branch president, when we were all sitting there on Shepherds Hill, said, hey, do you still have that? And I happened to have it on my phone. So I started reading that same set of scriptures that night. And just to set the stage, here we are sitting on the hillside and across the valley from us is Bethlehem. We had a full moon up above us and it was so bright. It was almost like daylight. And. Again, here comes the shepherd and the you, Wayne, already shared that part of the story with you. So we all sit down with our kids and we're sharing this moment. We start reading the scriptures and I start to tell about Mary coming to Bethlehem and all of a sudden in the distance, this donkey starts (laughs) braying. and I was like, you, the donkey? What? (laughs) So then I get to the point where the Christ is born and the angels appear to the shepherds and all of a sudden it hits the hour i think it was 6 p.m. and the bells over at the church of the nativity start to go off and it was just a miraculous moment for us to realize that this really happened this this christ really condescended and came to the earth our messiah our lord the great jehovah of the old testament he came in a very humble circumstance and he lived a life perf- of perfection and showed us the way he is the way mm. and it was so real and you know ever since then i still keep going back to that moment because it becomes real our relationship with him grows as we receive these covenants and ordinances throughout our lives from baptism through the temple, and then renewing that each week. And our relationship can continue to grow with him.
0: And you're right. Sometimes we have those moments and it might be because you're in Bethlehem and it might be because you really need help right now uh, or whatever it is where it becomes very, very real to us. And then I think we need to like write those down or something because later on we don't remember them. As you say these things, I'm remembering them but I didn't remember them. Uh, and uh, and I'm grateful for you to help me remember them because feelings are coming back to me of, oh, I do remember feeling how real that was. And, um, and it, it, I think it's important to have ways that we've built in to be able to remember these things.
2: So. Well, what's so amazing is that we can go to a place like Israel and walk where Jesus walked, but it's even more amazing that we can go to the temple and walk where mm. jesus walks yeah his house the lord's house
0: yeah. where where christ and those covenants are so central that's that's fantastic yeah. well
2: and, and that leads me to go back to the talk that president oaks gave where he said the very holy will see the face of god or saw the face of god at that time right simeon so and anna were at the temple and so if we're gonna look at this we think hey. If I want to have that opportunity to have that real relationship with him, then I need to put myself in a place of holiness. Mm -hmm. And we go to the temple to learn of those ordinances and covenants, the pattern, right? The template of how we need to be living. And then we come home and we practice making our home very sacred.
1: Yeah. And and I think that that, that's an important connection there. I think that being at home is is that practicing learning ground. And and we are often taught that uh, the the temple is obviously the most sacred place on earth, closely connected with the home as being the sacred place on earth. And that's where we learn how to keep those covenants. That's where we learn how to repent, hopefully Mm -hmm. uh, with, with our, Mm -hmm. our families and really understanding how we can, you know, come to the savior and be forgiven of our sins. And so making sure that we connect that, that closeness of the home with the temple and our covenants there, we learn the covenants, we make the covenants and then we go to sacrament, we renew the covenant, that kind of.
2: And then we come home and we practice, practice the covenants, again, yeah. right?
1: Again, yeah. as well, so that that continual connection there. And, and as Nancy said, you know, we don't have to walk where the savior walked. It's It's a neat experience to be in Jerusalem. I remember going to the, there was some steps that went up, I think where the Sanhedrin try there was the trial of the right. Sanhedrin. They would uncovered those steps in my, in oh, my yeah. and you kind of said, Hey, these steps are time of Christ. Christ more than like, likely walked up mm-hmm. these steps. And I remember that going, wow. Right. Uh, you know, I'm you, walking, you, I'm walking here, but you don't have to be in Jerusalem. As Nancy said to, to walk with the savior, that connection with your home, the temple, those renewal of the covenants, you're walking with the Savior all the time.
2: Especially Uh, when we're in our deepest trials and struggles. I feel like that is even when it's more real. Because he is with us constantly helping us through those struggles and trials. And and that's just like Alma 7, uh, 11 through, or even 10 through 12. We're talk- and actually, I have it here because I wrote our sacrament meeting Christmas program, and I happen to have a copy of it here. So um, I've included this scripture. And um, he says, and behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forefathers. She being a virgin, a precious and chosen vessel, who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost and bring forth a son, yea, even the son of God. And he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which saith, he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon, them, upon him their infirmities that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know, according to the flesh, how to succor his people according to their infirmities. He understands. And so, of course, when we're struggling with whatever that might look like in our lives right now, he understands. And it's wonderful at this time of year that we celebrate this condescension, this coming to earth, our, our God, the God of creation, but it's awesome to think that he was just a baby for just a short minute. The rest of eternity, he is God. He's amazing. He's constantly with us if we allow his spirit to be with us, if we receive him.
0: Uh, that's that's beautiful and powerful. It Re- really is. And, and that receiving him... Uh, that's you know, wise men will receive him still. we often talk about that line, right? but that's uh, so there's your wise men, but um uh not wise well, guys. like I think we should
2: talk men. about it though, because that's the third part of of President Oak's talk is right. that the wise will see him, right? Yeah. And so who's the wise? I was thinking about this after he spoke. I literally was like, well, who's wise? And what's interesting, it led me through a journey in the scriptures. And it seemed like every time I came across wise, they were building something. I'm like, why, why is wisdom compared with building? I went through and looked up wise, wise, wise. They're building the temple. They're building, you know, that building a house upon the rock or building the house upon the sand for the foolish. Mm -hmm. Right. So we see these images of wisdom being about building something. So it was fascinating for me to go through the scriptures then. And, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures to quote to my kids is, oh, be wise. What can I say more? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. i be wise, you guys. I mean, we could go through the list of all the things we really want you to be doing, but just be wise. And it was so amazing to discover for me that being wise is really building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and establishing
0: hmm. that relationship with him. So good. And that ties right back into what we're you were talking about earlier with the temple, right? And uh, I mean, I've, I've long believed that if you establish a home at an altar in the temple by making a covenant, and then you keep that covenant at home, that the home is an extension of the temple. And then if you renew that right. covenant in the chapel, then the chapel is an extension of the temple in the home, and you get this triangulation, right? But it, it comes down to that that uh, uh making and keeping the covenants we've talked about which comes down to receiving christ as you as you've said uh and uh so it all it all comes together and as you said wayne i mean like we're, we're better to practice repentance than at home where we get plenty of chances to mess up so we need to repent a lot right uh and and uh i think that's why god gave us families to figure out how to to interact with people and then repent before uh, so we can go out and do better with other people but uh, it's powerful stuff
1: and I, and i think it's interesting as we've gone through the old testament this year and it and i'll have to confess i got tired of of the israelites continuing to to, to have to be reminded to to come back to the lord uh but it's a reminder for all of us right because we are continuing have to do that right we're not perfect we have to uh repent and come back so it is and a i just lot think if you're done. tired of it i think god's really <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah but I he's perfect know. but but Back to your point about having the home and the temple connected, they got disconnected, right? They let the homes yes. be influenced by a lot of outside influences, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's idolatry or other political influences or cultural influences that really took them away from their covenants. And, and that's the challenge we have today. I mean, and it's it's easily let into our home. It's a one click of, the, of a button or, you know, a face ID. And all of a sudden we're in to a world where influence can be, you know, infinite in terms yeah. of it pull and draw. And so we, we have a lot to learn from the from the Israelites and from the
0: Old Testament about, you know, the risks of that uh, and and refocusing back is like you said. And and I think you're right. There has never been, in my opinion, there's never been a time in the world where it's easier to have the world, the world's influence in our home. And uh, never a time where it's more important to fight against that. And and it is what messed up our ancestors. And yet it's so much easier for it to happen to us. And we we don't even think about it. We, we think we're fine, but oh, how we need to be careful of that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Christmas is great. As, as Nancy said, it, it's, it's wonderful to think of the Savior as a, a child being born in humble circumstances, but really picturing and receiving him as our Savior. And, and, you know, obviously Christmas, we give gifts, we receive gifts. I have a funny story. This is Back in the time we knew each other, Carrie, where where one Christmas I I wished for a Space Invaders game, it was <laughs> game. It was kind of a knockoff of Space Invaders. You when remember us? We're just aging, oh, ourselves yeah.
2: right yeah, oh
0: yeah.
1: And I'd asked for that for Christmas. I mean, it must have been eleven or so, and uh, I I, I thought, think okay, I,
0: my first time playing Space Invaders was with you and our friend Steve at Reams. Just yeah. in case you're wondering, I think that's where I played Space Invaders. But yeah, yeah. it was,
1: it was yeah. a classic go-to. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is the handheld version of that. So it came out yeah. a few years after the original game, but it was something I dearly wanted because of those memories. And, and so I was always excited about Christmas when I was younger and I couldn't sleep the night before yeah. um, was Christmas Eve. and about two in the morning, I decided I would do, which I wasn't supposed to do. I would get up and see if the Space Invader game was there. Because in our <laughs> family, that gift, that big gift is always unwrapped. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was there. And I was just so excited, but I didn't stop there. I wanted to receive that gift. So I took <laughs> the gift at two o'clock in, in the morning. And I went down to my I've room. I've never heard this. I went down to my room and He's I so played bad. it. <laughs> I'm confessing. I, I <laughs> repentance of this. So that I'll that. Yeah,
2: but, now, now
0: that your dad is passed on, you feel safe and sane. <laughs> I, I
1: did tell. I did confess this beforehand oh, a
0: right. bit as well. So this is this is this isn't the
1: first time. Okay. I did it for a good two hours, and then I thought, <laughs> well, okay, I better go take and put this back. So I went and put it back about four in the morning. A couple hours later, I fell back to sleep. A couple hours later, my brothers got me up, and we went up there. And I feigned surprise. Oh, yeah, gift! That's cool. I played it for a little bit. You had already mastered. I'd already mastered the game on my birthday. Like, oh, you're really good at this.
2: <laughs>
1: and they thought I was really generous, you know, to let them play with it because obviously I'd kind of gotten past it. But um, you know, from, from that experience, it, it's about. Being willing to receive the, the Savior. And if we're all excited and, and willing and ready to receive the Savior, you know, it, it, Christ, Christmas is every day. Um, and and we, we're looking forward to that communion with the Savior. And as we covenant the sacrament prayers to always remember him, that's being excited to receive him always. Remember mm. him and for the Savior, the shepherd, who is willing to lay down his life for the sheep that they can be saved Uh, if we we can do that and have that type of excitement i think you know anna and simeon were excited right they were waiting at the temple yes they didn't want to leave because they had felt that impression that they would see the savior we had that type of excitement to receive him how much different would our
0: lives be every day and and how much
1: different would the world be right
0: you know that's I am so grateful you said that because I've been I've been really feeling like, and I've been encouraging friends and uh, family members in my ward and stuff to to this Christmas. Let's focus on what what can we do to have more of Christ in our life and less of the world. Let's make this a focus thing we carry into the new year. But let's start here with the Christmas season. And as you say that, I I think what I want for myself from that, so I I want it for everyone else as well, is that each morning. I have that same excitement that you're talking about that I had on Christmas morning, and I can remember well. I still do for seeing my kids, but I can remember not being able to sleep. Like I think I read most of the Lord one of the, like the Two Towers one one Christmas night. I just read uh, Lord of the Rings every Christmas because I couldn't go to sleep. Um, and uh, uh, if if I were waking up every morning, and there are times it is that way for me, and there are times it isn't, and no one's going to be you know completely consistent. But there are times where I I, I hope we're, I'm more and more and more that way. Where I'm so excited, I can't wait to get up and interact with the Savior in some way, have some kind of meaningful interaction. That's what I'm looking forward to as I as I wake up. That, like I do at Christmas. That's a beautiful image for me to work towards. Thank you for that. That's fantastic. I I feel like that's a Merry Christmas right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and we've kind of you know in our family we we've had this tradition for how long, dear.
2: Oh, I can't even remember when we started it Probably really early. Years, oh, yeah.
1: 28 years. So so this is the first gift uh that goes under the tree every Christmas. And it's the last gift that's opened. And and the children mm-hmm. in, and they're all older now are, are religious about this, making sure this goes under the tree. And it's you know very simply wrapped. It's a box, it's not you know completely wrapped, so we can open it year after year. But every time when we're done with Christmas. We open this gift. Somebody gets to open it, and they get to read the the card. And it's a very simple phrase, and it says, "From Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life." Hmm. And we—that's a tradition that we we have been doing for. There should
2: be a picture in there yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A picture of the Savior, actually, in Jerusalem. Oh, there
0: so, you go. Yeah,
1: and so that connects us about again being excited to receive the gift of the eternal life every morning kind of to your your phrase almost
0: ought to do it every day, <laughs> like yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great kind of, and that tradition. so I want to add that 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 so we have a tradition and I think the two together uh, in some ways sum up kind of all the different things we've been talking about our tradition is like at the beginning of the Christmas season when we do the, the Christmas tree although our kids are mostly out of the house we haven't done it very much lately but it has always been what gift are you going to give Jesus? And we all sit and think, okay, here's what I'm going to give Jesus this year. And then we look at what we said last year and I'm actually surprised at how often I'm giving him the same thing. Like I'm going to do better at this. Oh, that's the same thing I said last year. Yes. I really need to work on that. Right. And I think there was one where like it was four years in a row. I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause we keep them. We still have them. Right. So, Oh, yep, last year. Oh, the year oh and the year before. Okay. That's that <laughs> repentance, daily repentance, right? Like uh we just gotta keep working on these things, and that's okay. I, I'm okay with that. I think th- that we're gonna keep struggling with some things for our entire life, right? So the, the question is, and I think this comes from the old testament as much as anywhere, are you gonna turn to him again when you when you mess up? Are you gonna turn to him again? I think that's really the only question he's asking. Will you receive the gift he's trying to give you? Will you receive him? by continually trying to give yourself to him. And that's the gift we really need to give. Yeah, if we yeah, keep getting it. up when we fall down and give ourselves to him, then we can receive him. And that's the gift exchange that we really need.
2: going I was gonna say, there's a, a story that my family listened to my mom read to us every Christmas Eve, all growing up. My mom would read this story and my dad would then read Luke 2. And I happened to have found it going through some of my mom's things. It's in this old booklet, um, Christmas Readings for the LDS Family, published. I don't even know if you can still get it. It's from years ago. And the, it, the story was called His Gift to Us. Mm-hmm. And it's by uh, Sylvia Probst Young. I think it was even online. But we called it the Joel story growing up because it begins with Joel. Joel, it was Hannah calling. And my mom was a wonderful, she, she majored in speech. And so she read the story so eloquently. And I remember her telling this story about these three young children who were the grandchildren of the shepherd Matthias. And he was a shepherd on the night that Jesus' birth was proclaimed. And he saw the angel and he came home to tell his grandchildren about it and encouraged them to go and see the Christ child for themselves. And so the story goes that um, Hannah and her brother David and their brother Joel went to see the Christ child and they gathered each a gift. Um, Hannah gathered a shawl that her mother had made. She had passed, but her mother had made this shawl. And uh, Joel had a baby lamb that he just had, and he was going to bring that to the Christ child. And then um, David was crippled and he really wanted to go and not be left behind. So he brought some food, some little honey cakes for the Christ child. Well, the story goes that they continued this journey and along their journey, they ended up giving the gifts away to those in need. Mm. And by the time they got to the Christ child, they had given the shawl to their great aunt who was shivering with cold. They had stopped to visit. They had given the baby lamb to someone, David, Joel's little friend who was sick. And David had given away the food to somebody that was hungry on the highway. So they had no gifts for the Christ child. And at the end of the story, they thought, well, should we see him anyway? We have nothing to give him. Well, they decided that he would understand being the Christ. So they go in to visit the Christ child. And they get Hannah gets to hold the baby. And it's just this magical moment. And then it's time to leave. And they say their farewells. And realize after they'd left that David no longer has the crutch. He didn't even realize he had been completely healed from his cripple. And every time we read that story as a family, we just cried. Because really, it's just giving the small parts of ourselves. And then the Lord magnifies it, right? It's loaves and fishes. Mm -hmm. And in that process, we become. As we give a little bit, he gives us so much more. We can't even comprehend how much more. And so he magnifies those little gifts and he heals us. And I just am so grateful for that example. In fact, um, we suffered from infertility when we were first married and um, just prayed and begged Heavenly Father for a child. And... Cassandra, our oldest, was born four weeks before Christmas. So, of course, she was his gift to us, and we had to call her middle name Joelle, Hmm. Cassandra Joelle, because she was his gift to us. So that's been a special story for us, because we continually receive, now I'm getting emotional, we receive because of his great love and mercy for us.
0: I can't think of a better way to to wrap this up than that Uh, uh, that, that, to acknowledge how much we receive from him and how much we want to come to him. So thank you that, that, that all of this has made it real for me. So thank you Wayne and Nancy uh, for a little stroll down memory lane that hopefully has helped others uh, feel the reality of the, both the story of Christ's uh, birth, God's gift to us in sending Christ to us and, uh, ways that that should be real in our lives uh, you've, you've made it a better Christmas and I think a better year for me so thank you for that thank you Carrie. always a pleasure to talk to you appreciate all that you do Well, and, and Merry Christmas to everyone we hope that this helps you have a, a merry and meaningful Christmas and that you'll go out and uh, and give like uh, Joel and Matthias and Hannah and, and so on and, uh, and like our father and that we'll receive Uh, our Father's gift as well. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Merry
2: Christmas. Christmas.